Watch ye, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight, or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen o lord open thou our lips and our mouth shall show forth thy praise Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 6 and 13. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine indignation, neither chasten me in thy displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul also is sore troubled, but Lord, how long wilt thou punish me? Turn thee, O Lord, and deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death no man remembereth thee, and who will give thee thanks in the pit? I am weary of my groaning. Every night wash I my bed and water my couch with my tears. My beauty is gone for very trouble, and worn away because of all mine enemies. Away from me, all ye that work iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my petition, the Lord will receive my prayer. All mine enemies shall be confounded and sore vexed, they shall be turned back and put to shame suddenly. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I seek counsel in my soul, and be so vexed in my heart? How long shall mine enemy triumph over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, that I sleep not in death. Lest mine enemy say, I have prevailed against him. For if I be cast down, they that trouble me will rejoice at it. But my trust is in thy mercy, and my heart is joyful in thy salvation. 
I will sing of the Lord, because he hath dealt so lovingly with me. Yea, I will praise the name of the Lord Most Highest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the sixth chapter of the book of Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go, and tell this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their eyes heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, Until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant, the houses are without a man, the land is utterly desolate, the Lord has removed men far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. But yet a tenth will be in it, and will return and be for consuming, as a terebinth tree or as an oak, whose stump remains when it is cut down. So the holy seed shall be its stump. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the ninth chapter of the book of Revelation. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit, and he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. 
Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to, har not to harm the grass of the earth or any green th thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. The shape of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions and there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months, and they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. One woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was two hundred million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who, cast, those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed, by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents, having heads, and with them they do harm. But the rest of mankind, who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. 
And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life in which thy Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost now and ever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Evening to all. Start our meditation this evening in the Psalms. Um, Psalm 6 in particular, and as contrasted with 13, um, give us this perspective of um, a faithful um, you know, person of prayer who's in, who finds himself in conflict with the world for a couple of different reasons. Um, and, and the first one finds himself also uh, in a conflict with God. Um, so Psalm six is a, as a prayer of uh, a penitential prayer, uh, a prayer of, um, uh, you know, a, a prayer that the, you know, the punishment that the psalmist has brought upon himself through some sin that's undisclosed um, would, uh, would be, you know, would be shortened or the, the time span of that would run its course and be fulfilled. Um, because in the midst of all of that, um, there is derision being thrown, um, you know, at this person that the Lord is, you know, correcting, um, giving a corrective judgment to, um, and the world is kind of laughing at his face. And so most of the psalm is dedicated to a conversation between the psalmist and God um, that he would, you know, be restored after this time of chastisement. And this is the kind of a, the, a prayer of, of penitence is that, is embraces the punishment, but then also asks that it will not last forever and that, you know, he'll be restored to communion with God and will be, you know, you know vindicated in the face of, of his enemies. Psalm 13 is, it begins from that posture again and then focuses more on that the tension um, that the psalmist feels with the rest of the world that is sort of throwing it in the face of God and is not seeming to be punished for it. And that in the meantime, the, the psalmist is suffering this kind of, you know, this, this heaviness of heart at seeing, you know, at seeing how people, you know, reject the way of God um, and, you know, are going about doing whatever they will. It's significant for us to, to, to think about that, those pivot points there of, of experiencing the chastisement of God and, and accepting it, but also praying that we'll be restored in due season to communion and then experiencing the chastisement and rejecting that. And then on the other hand, experiencing, you know, being in a place of communion with God, but then also experiencing that life is still really hard because the world hates God and the world hates to be under the authority of God. And so those who are gods and those who are in communion with God, those are, those people can expect to have, you know, opposition and struggle in the world. 
And so this, you know, this is in the background, this, this, this idea that is in the background as we come into Isaiah 6, which is this, you know, famous passage from Isaiah's writings about this oracle he has, this vision he has of being, of speaking to God on his throne, in his throne room. Um, and we have to remember in the background of all of this, that Isaiah is a, pro, that all the prophetic literature of the Old Testament uh, really harkens back to the law, to the Torah itself. Um, and that Isaiah is lamenting, you know, much in the same kind of spirit of Psalm 6, the psalmist of Psalm 6, um, that, you know, he is he should be under judgment uh, being even there because he is, as he says, a man of unclean lips who dwells among a people of unclean lips. Um, and yet having seen the Lord, he should be dead for this. Um, and we remember that according to Torah law, there is this notion of ritual impurity or of impurity that isn't doesn't quite overlap necessarily with sin, um, but that makes you incapable of holding or touching holy things. Um, and so to touch something that is unclean or impure is to acquire the impurity or the uncleanness of that thing and so be unable to um, participate with that, you know, in that state of uncleanness in something that is unclean, into in it, which is, you know, worship or prayer or any of these things until one is purged of that uncleanness. And so what we see in Isaiah's passage here that's significant for us is that when the holy coal from the altar of God in his throne room touches Isaiah, it doesn't profane the temple of God, that this the, the, the temple of God in heaven is such a thing that if it touches anything that is impure, it uh, drives away that impurity, it, it roots it up and drives it out. Um, and that becomes to characterize Isaiah's message that wherever it goes, it's going to be that that holy message from God that goes and then really is a as a revealer of the impurity of the world and of the people living in that world, and also is a driving out of it, a kind of a, a it's a spur and a kind of chastisement for it. Um, and so I this this message is reflected, of course, in the in the prophetic you know resonance that Revelation has with the Old Testament prophets. That what we're seeing unfold here is the gospel of the gospel going out into the world from way back in chapter four, when the lamb who opens the seals of the gospel and proclaims it over the earth, this this judgment and this proclamation of peace for those who will receive it. Um, what we can expect to happen is that this is going to cause, you know, this is going to cause havoc in all places that are that will not accept this. So what we see in Isaiah's oracle is like Psalm six that that which is the holy message of God, the holy sort of gospel of sorts to ancient Israel, touches Isaiah's lips and makes him clean and restores him to communion and to a state that he can bear the holy things of God. And then, but that puts him in direct opposition to the world that still hates God. And as Isaiah unfolds, we'll see that his proclamation of this message, this gospel to Israel is rejected. And that, and that it gets increased, that rejection gets increasingly violent until that until Israel itself falls and then and the northern kingdom of Israel is dismantled by the Assyrians. And in Revelation, we see again that, you know, that perspective of a holy person and a holy thing in the midst of this world that hates and opposes God. We see that when that message goes out, it is rejected and rejected and rejected until that world tears itself to pieces and is dismantled into nothingness. So like as the northern kingdom of Isaiah's time, so it is with the whole cosmos that will oppose God and reject his message of peace. And so for us, as we're standing in this, you know, coming back to the, the posture of the psalmist, um, what we need to do this evening is what we've done is we need to return to God in confession. 
to receive that gift of absolution that restores us to the state where we can bear the gospel within us. And as we go out, we can expect to find opposition, but we should know and take confidence in this Advent season that as we go out and experience that conflict, that ultimately this is a thing that goes out and is not dissuaded by any opposition or rebuke. It goes out and it, it accomplishes its goal. And we who bear it are sent out with that thing. And even if we suffer for it, uh, nevertheless, we are God's holy things in this world. Um, and though we may suffer the sacrilege that it always wants to pour out, nevertheless, this, that all these things are answered and, judge, and justice is done in the end. So a couple thoughts for us tonight. Continuing with our intercession. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thanks to Aaliyah, my co-leader this evening. Thanks to you all for being here, and I hope you have a wonderful Friday. Thank you, Father Hayden. Thank you for that meditation, too. Good night, everybody.